Hi everybody, welcome back to the Commander's Vault. I'm Dale. I'm Adam. And I'm Trevor. Uh, today we're going to talk about the pre-release event for Eldraine that we had. And we're going to talk about an upcoming Arch Enemy event that we have going on here. And, uh, yeah. We're going to talk about Brawl. We had a Brawl event last weekend for the new Brawl deck release, yeah. The weekend before that was the pre-release, and then, yeah. It's been nice and stocked at the Comics Vault lately. We're having lots of good events. We yeah. have the Arch Enemy coming up two days from the time of this recording on Saturday. Um, we're really excited about that. Adam and I are being Arch Enemies. Um, JB, unfortunately, could not make it with us tonight, but he is also going to be an Arch Enemy, um, so that'll be pretty fun. And um, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, Neil at the Comics Vault for sponsoring us again, and uh, we appreciate everything you do for us, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, lots of great prize support always in these events and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot to look forward to. Um, let's start with the pre-release. Yeah. It was a little bit of a... It was a while ago at this point, but I think it's still something that we, you know, it's worth talking about. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was the first one here. Yeah, uh, So that was exciting. Right. We yeah. had a great turnout. We had, like, what, some 20 it was full. people. It was a full house, yeah. yeah, 20, yeah full house. 24 people. Yeah, it was nice. Um, that was my very first beer release, to be honest. Oh, that, it, yeah, that's right. Whatnot. It was it was fun. Um, unfortunately, I kind of got skunked on my pack, but other than that, like, I had a good time. I had fun uh, just experiencing the new cards. Yeah. What kind of deck did you build? Uh, I went, I was trying to go for the night theme, Mardu Knights early, uh, found out that the red really wasn't doing anything for me, so I cut it, and then uh, the rest of the games, the rest of the night, I did a Orzhov build, just a black, uh, white, just kind of like whatever good stuff I had, and I only ended up doing uh, one and three, I think, before I dropped, but yeah, other than that, it did, it did well, it's just some of the other decks that were put together that had better cards. Yeah, Better for staples. sure. There were people in the tournament. I, I, for the life of me right now, can't remember any specifics. But, yeah, like, there were definitely some good decks that got built mm -hmm. in there. Uh, Dale, what'd you build? Uh, well, I had this great Selesnia deck I built. I was 0-5 uh, overall, so didn't mm -hmm. win a single game. <laughs> Damn, I'm sorry. <laughs> had terrible card pool, though. I mean, I had virtually no removal, so that really hurt. You yeah, know? that does hurt in limited, for sure. Only a few flyers, so I mean, I should have probably thrown red in there, because I at least had some burn spells that I could have used for removal, but, nah, it was whatever. So. Yeah. yeah. Flyers definitely were something that was prominent in the tournament. I built an Azorius um, flyer lockdown prison kind of deck, so I had, um, yeah, you know, just a lot of the white and blue flying creatures that came in the set, and then I pulled like Glass Casket, the Charmed Sleep, the Trapped in a Tower, like all that kind of stuff that just locks down permanence and keeps people from being able to do things with their creatures and stuff. And that worked out pretty well for me. I um, another card that was really went really well for me was the Folio of Fancies. Um, card is broken <laughs> and limited. Yeah, it was really good and limited. Had I pulled two, I I honestly am confident that I would have won a at least a couple more games. Like, cause it just. It was super good. For those who don't know, uh, it's a three-drop artifact. Players have no max hand size. Uh, for X, X, and tap, each player draws X cards. And then for a blue and two, tap, and target player mills cards off the top of their library equal to the number of cards in their hand. So, yeah, it worked pretty well. It, it, it won me a couple games. But honestly, most of the time, it was my flyers that were doing it. Like, I had that Arden Vale Tactician 
the one that adventures for two yeah, and taps down two one. creatures, and then it's like a two-one flyer or something like that. Yeah. Um, I did have a couple other flyers as well. I pulled three of of the one-drop like beloved princess. It's got yeah. one one lifelink, can't be blocked by creatures that have power three or greater. So that was pretty cool. It's nice to have a lot of you know low drops like that. So to pull three one drops that are nice creatures that can get you out early. That that was pretty sweet. Yeah, but overall, I was pre- I was actually pretty like happy with myself. That was my third pre-release. The yeah. only other pre-releases I played were from the Amoncat block. I played both pre-releases for that at a different shop. And um, yeah, I've really just been waiting for the Comics Vault to have a pre-release, and then now I'm back in it. Yeah. So, but this was definitely the best deck I've built so far for a limited for a limited function. It was pretty sweet. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Pulled a Gadwick. Yeah, he you was did pretty pull good. Gadwick. I yeah. saw you pull a couple of the new uh, ops with the new artwork. Yeah, I pulled op. two ops. Yeah, two yeah. ops. So that was like perfect in my pre-release. Like that was dope. They went right into the deck. I pulled uh, the Mythic Circle of Loyalty. That was in yeah. there, but it didn't really do yeah, anything for do me, anything. to be honest with you. Didn't have enough knights in order to make it good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I threw it in there for the hell of it, but. Yeah. Here at the Comics Vault, in between rounds, too, whenever there's events going on, uh, Neil does raffles for, like, promo packs and stuff. And yeah, yeah. I actually got uh, one of the promo packs, and it was pretty sweet. I pulled the foil-stamped Gadwick, which Ooh, nice. was pretty cool. That's dope. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the Gadwick looks super sweet, especially with the uh, Borderless or the extended artwork mm-hmm. and whatnot. That it you can really get out brings the collector out more packs. Its, uh, yeah, for colors sure. Colors and the artwork in general. Um. Yeah. Then then uh, we kind of move. We'll move on to well, the brawl event. Yeah, more, that was a little more, more fresh command, in our mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> commander related and whatnot. Yeah. Um. So what do you guys think? What do you guys think of the brawl decks playing with them for the first times? What kind of decks do you guys pick? Uh, I I picked the Corval deck, and I mean overall, I do like the deck. I think it's pretty solid deck, especially for brawl. And you know, if you wanna use him to command a deck there's a lot of potential there for you know combos and drawing your deck and it's a solid commander and yeah the, for the, sure the pre-constructed deck it came with is actually pretty good i mean it does what it's supposed to do so yeah how about it i've actually heard him called baby Prosh um because of his ability like he does similar things it's not quite the same uh the combo is a little bit more about drawing the deck rather than creating infinite creature mana and stuff like that but it's still generally a relatively similar deck you're still able to generate the mana just the way you win is different. by drawing the deck yeah, yeah rather you draw than your like... deck and then still you still have a uh, a million uh floating mana of any color and then you play like a blood artist effect and yeah, just yeah. Sap, uh, sap your opponents yeah. to death yeah he's pretty cool definitely I think Adam and I, we picked the same deck, didn't we? We both yeah. got Alila. Yeah, yeah, we both got Alila. Alila, Artful Provocateur. We ended up tr- we ended up doing uh, one-on-one games rather than four players. We didn't have enough people, unfortunately. And uh, the Alila decks, whenever they would, quote-unquote, brawl each other, took so long. Yes. So long. The yep. mirror match was terrible. Yeah, you and I, <laughs> you and I got paired up round one. And honestly, had I not scooped you in game one, we wouldn't have even played a second game. Like, yeah. I was just, he had me, you know what I mean? Like, it was, he, he definitely outvalued me, and there was no point in dragging it out to where neither of us were going to get a win for the round. So, mm-hmm. um, which we still didn't. Yeah. Because we didn't even get to finish our second game, and then we drew the round. But yeah, the mirror matches with that Alila deck were rough. That's yeah. for sure. Both times I played Alila decks, I timed out. The first, the first time with you, I was one turn from winning, and then uh, the second time, 
was the last yeah, game of the night. It was the right? last game of the night, and literally the f- one round took an hour. Yep. Took a whole yeah, hour. one game. One game took an hour. It was nuts. Yeah, yeah. I think that deck got hyped pretty good because uh, most of the decks I've seen people playing were, yeah. were that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think it was one of the better lists out of, the, out of them. Like, I thought for a split second about buying Tulane just because I, I wanted to build, like, a Tulane deck, I thought. But I kind of, like, made a split-second snap decision right before the event while we were buying our decks, and I was like, you know what? I need a Watery Grave. There's more cards in here that I want rather than versus Tulane, so I grabbed her, and, yeah, it, it turned out very well. I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll come back uh, to a little bit in a second. I just want to, like, time out and say that these, even though they're not Commander decks, are the best mana based that we've seen in a yeah. long time. Yeah, they gave like you a, a shock. Quote commander product. Yeah, they gave you a shock. There was a shock in each deck, which is very awesome. Yeah. That signet, that arcane signet, <laughs> oh, that thing's dope. Yeah. Crisp. Yeah, I got that awesome. a couple times turn two. Turn two, yeah, I was able to pop yeah, my signet. It came out a lot for me, and I, yeah. was, I was super happy about it. Yeah, that extra ramp is really nice, especially considering that all the all the Brawl commanders were three color, so mm-hmm. having, a man, having a mana rock that taps for anything in their identity is really choice. Yeah, well, yeah, we ended up getting, like you said, shocks. We ended up getting a temple. Each of the decks came with a temple as well. Yep, uh, yep. They all came with Emergent Zones, which I think is a really cool card that's in standard. It is a good card. Um, I actually run that in my my uh, couple of my competitive decks. Yeah, I do as I do as well. Um, sometimes it comes up, sometimes it doesn't, but when it does, it does pack a yeah. lot of value. Yeah, it definitely can turn a game around for you. Yeah, but like, yeah, I was like, super excited about the shocks, and hopefully, uh, whenever they go back and make Commander decks this year, they'll maybe kind of lean towards maybe putting in a shock that could be cool for Uh, sure now that they've kind of experimented in a little bit even though it's not a commander product they can maybe oh well well well, maybe we'll go ahead and start doing it in this other i think honestly in the back of their minds they know that the commander players are the ones buying these brawl decks i mean they have to know you know what i mean like brawl is Cool and all. I mean, if it didn't have the rotation, I'd be in on Brawl all day. Mm-hmm. And we, I know, we've talked about this in the past, you know what I mean? The rotation is really what I think um, hinders the format from being as great as it could be. It's a cool idea. Yeah. Um, but I'm really just looking for these decks to come out for, like, you know, the second Commander Christmas. We get Commander Season in August, which is, you know, Commander Christmas number one. And now we've got these Brawl decks to look forward to that, you know, we're getting a brand new command tower artwork stuff like that like yeah it, it's worthy for commander players to buy even if you're not going to build um build a brawl deck out of it adam you actually did build a, a, a commander deck out of your yep. alila deck yep i uh i sat down and started playing alila and found out that even though alila is my play style i really enjoyed playing the deck overall with that uh Staxi, uh removing your creatures with enchantments kind of value kind yeah. of deal and it, it's really nice i and, and then i ended up making a commander deck out of it putting all like the good commander uh enchantments like rustic study remora mm-hmm. and all that stuff for draw um smothering so, tithe which yeah, was actually tithe. printed in the deck yeah. i didn't even realize yeah. that until i bought it that's yeah. a super good reprint that for that solid deck. Reprint. yeah solid. That, which brings up a funny story in the brawl tournament uh we ended up all sitting together even though um we didn't play each other 
like you and Neil were sitting uh, in one spot, and me and uh, our buddy Richard, who I was playing, were sitting in another That's spot. That's right, and yeah, literally, yeah. like, Richard played his Smothering Tide. You were like, oh, check this out, and played your Smothering Tide, uh, just watching our game. And then I was like, oh, got you guys, and played my Smothering Tide <laughs> next turn. It was, it's kind of funny. All time nice. brothers, yeah. <laughs> one more, one real quick thing, too, I thought was funny about the Brawl tournament. I, I was talking to Neil uh, from the Comics Vault after the thing, and he... I think I played him in the last round. I'm pretty sure I did. And, uh, you know, I, I, I won the first game. And then before, while we're shuffling up, getting ready for the second game, he's like, man, every game I've played tonight is against that Alila deck. <laughs> a lot of people definitely picked that deck. It was one of the yeah. best. It was, it was a good choice. They were sold out. I mean, I, I know somebody came in, like, kind of after the fact just to buy a deck, not even to play in the tournament. And uh, he wanted the Alila deck, and he's like, yeah, sorry, man, don't got any more of those. <laughs> yeah. We've got a couple of phone calls about uh, about him and whatnot and asking for the Alila deck, and we're like, oh, no, sorry, we don't have, we don't yeah. have any more. She's definitely the, the most yeah. popular. I'm actually curious to know. Um, tell us on our Instagram page at the Commanders Vault or Dale's page at MTG underscore survivalist, uh, what was popular in your area? Like, what did your LGS sell out of for the Brawl event or... Uh, what did you guys pick, and what did you guys find fun about the decks? We'd love to hear yeah. it. Um, are you going to make anything out of your Coral deck, or are you just, just something to play for the tournament, and that was it? Uh, I don't know. I've tossed around the idea of throwing together a Jun deck, but I don't know. Well, yeah. Maybe. I'm working on too many decks right now That's as fair. it is that yeah. it's just like, I feel uh, that, man. Can I spare another doubling season and another, like, all these different yeah. expensive cards? I want to turn my Alila deck into an Alila Enchantment Voltron deck for my fiance. Um, she really liked the fairies and really thought the fairy tale set was cool. So I put, you know, put together a list that had, like, all the good enchantment uh, buffers, like um, Steal the Godhead, things like that, you know what I mean? The stuff that is Voltron-y things. Uh, I put the Mace of the Valiant in there, things yeah. like that. Because that was a pretty good card. That, that, that card, card I think you got games. like, yeah, I was going to say, I think you got like 12 charge counters on that at one point in the yep. Brawl event. Like, it, yeah, you were smacking people with that thing. That was pretty cool. I lost two games to that thing. To the Mace. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. To the Night deck or to the Alila deck? The Alila deck. Yeah. Both times? Yep. Oh, did the, did the Night deck have the Mace too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, that makes sense. That's where I thought it would have yeah. been, to be honest with you, if anything. So, yeah, that makes sense. I think what the story was with that is that they made it specifically for the Knights, but were, like, in development. They were like, this could be used in uh, Alayla, too. So oh, for like, sure. Ahead, yeah, yeah, for sure. Go ahead. Because you get, you get the charge counters when creatures ETB, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, so, yeah, when you're... When you're casting your enchantments and artifacts and stuff, and you're getting those fairies off of Alila, there you go. You know what I mean? That's pumping the mace like super well. Uh, that and that the fact that you get vigilant, it gives you vigilance, is the big thing about it for me. Is that's right? Yep. I forgot about that. That made Alila like uh, a big blocker as mm -hmm. well. It yeah. has death touch, life two, link. Three, yeah. Yep. Two three flying death touch, life link. Uh, the one, the one game that I played for the hour, I was up to sixty-four life because of because of it. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that'll mm -hmm. do it. That'll do it. Life link is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and sure. the fact that if you wipe the board, the charge counters don't come off of it. So exactly. then the next one-one fairy that comes into play, mm -hmm. you just It'll equip nice it to fatty. it, and now it's a huge flying vigilant oh, fairy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it almost. 
in a way, the brawl event almost felt like a limited event because, like, flyers were ruling mm-hmm. the day and things like that. It, it, it felt a little bit like a limited event. I mean, I don't play a whole ton of pre-release and draft and things like that, but it, it, it had the feel yeah. of, a, of a limited event, for sure. Um, yeah, I only played up against the Knights deck. It was the only other deck that I played that was different. Um, it was aggro, like like it should be. Um, did anybody play Tulane? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you played Tulane. Yeah, Neil, Neil was playing Tulane. Oh, okay. How was yeah, that Neil going? played Tulane. Um, I don't think it went so well in our game, but I'm not really sure how it went like in other Fair. games. But I, Tulane is great. Oh, like, yeah. It's not to knock Tulane, you know what I'm saying? I think it was just one of those things where when Alila is pumping out those little flyers as quickly as possible, um, you know, Tulane has a lot of value. Yeah. But I think it maybe takes a little bit more to set him up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I so, could see that. Yeah. Um, he's one of the higher dropped ones. Yeah. And, um, to be able to, to even activate his abilities three more. So mm-hmm. you got to constantly have mana and stuff yeah. like that. I like him, though. I mean, my, my thought process was, original thought process was uh, getting Tulane. I was going to make a stack stack with him mm-hmm. uh, for competitive EDH. And. My thought was, you know, you've got your creature-based stacks that's coming out. That new Hushbringer and stuff yeah, like that. Um, just all the creature-based stacks in general. I can bounce that so it doesn't hurt me on my turn. And then, like, you know, play it at the end of my second main phase before I've done everything. Or after I've done everything I want to do for the turn and then pass turn. And it only hurts the rest of the table for the most part. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and if you throw something like Intruder Alarm in there, you know, that when creatures ETB, you can untap stuff, then what happens is I can bounce multiple pieces of my stacks to yeah. allow me to... It does cost a little bit of mana, but, you know, in EDH, hopefully you've got the good mana rocks, your Thran Dynamo, Gilded Lotus, things like that, maybe Mana Vault as well, to get that three quickly for you, so that way it's not as bad. And that was my... That was what I was going to do with him. I may still, Yeah, yeah. I liked the list of whenever you said it to, or sent it to me. Like, yeah. it had all the... Um, the white bears that mm-hmm. just hate bears and stuff yep. like that. Yeah, for sure. It's not really my play style, though. I really have a hard time building stack decks because it's just not fun to just sit there. Like, I like to not let people play magic, but not to that extent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, my, my Urza deck, which is competitive, has, like, a, some mild stacks in there. There's Back to Basics, Winter Orb, Static Orb. Um, that's kind of where it ends. There's not yeah. a whole lot in there. Just enough... To where it'll stop you a little bit. And with Urza, I mean, I can tap the Winter Orb and the Static Orb, and those don't affect me at all. No. Yeah, so, I, yeah. when it, playing your deck, it's just kind of enough. It's enough. Yeah, to it's enough. It yeah, it's a nice splash. Just to, sh- um, just to slow it down just enough to where I can, I can pull out the win, for sure. Anybody who likes to play Azurius-colored decks... I'm calling you out right now. You're not cool. Like, that's not fun. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Speaking, yeah. speaking of which, Neil actually recently built Grand Arbiter August in the 4th. Uh-huh. I hate uh, that deck. And, yeah, dude, I'm not – I also, like, just – yeah. It's a bane, man. Like, it, it is one of those decks that's really rough and hard to deal with. And Like, I don't really like blue too much, but if you play just blue, that's fine. White <laughs> – not a lot of people play mono white. It's got good removal. It's not really. I yeah. I don't care about that. But when yeah. you put them both together, now all of a sudden it's just no one's it's doing a, anything, wow. and yeah. it's just a super yep. long game. Yeah, it's a super yeah for problem. sure, for sure. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, I'm kind of sad now. I'm thinking about it that uh, we didn't have a chance to sit down and play like a four player game 
uh, with the brawl decks to see how they would add up in in that kind of setting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I saw a lot that the actually the uh, Corval deck would win out just for pure, uh, from pure value after just sitting through that game uh, for a long game and whatnot out of all four different decks. But anyway, I think uh, yeah, I think that all. about wraps up. Brawl. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was fun. It was a fun event. Great yeah, prizes. I was I was very excited. I was glad. I actually placed in this tournament. I got fourth yeah. place. So I was I was happy about that. I actually got some packs for one, so that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna switch gears now. We want to talk about Arch Enemy. Okay. Yep. Um, so like I said, at the time of this recording, it's gonna be two days from now on Saturday. Um, what will that be? The Saturday the twelfth. Yeah, Saturday the twelfth, and. Adam and I will be arch enemies. Uh, a couple other local players will be arch enemies. JB will be an arch enemy. Um, Adam and I would like to talk about our scheme decks and our decks in general, like the actual deck that we're going to be running for the tournament. Um, but first, we want to start off with telling you guys a little bit about arch enemy. Uh, I feel like it might be one of those little lesser known. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, game styles. Yeah. You know what I mean. So. Um, it's really meant more for a 60 card. So, like, if you remember around the Amonkhet time, there was the Arch Enemy Nicol Bolas set that came out. It had four or three 60 card decks in it versus our, uh, Nicol Bolas's 60 card deck. And then you have a 20 card scheme deck. Um, the Arch Enemy in 60 cards starts with 40 life, and the players get 20 apiece. Um, you take your turn as a team if you're the three players. And then the big deal is the schemes for the Arch Enemy. So you all take your turn together, and then when the Arch Enemy goes, um, it's untap, upkeep, draw, and then right before your main phase, you set a scheme into motion. And typically they are overpowered and broken as hell, um, especially in EDH. So yeah, um, we've adapted the format a little bit. So in Arch Enemy for EDH, what we come up with is we have 80 life as the Arch Enemy, uh, 40 life for each of the players. You play a regular EDH deck, 99 cards, one commander, unless you're playing, you know, one of the partner commanders, and it's 98 and two. Um, still a 20 card scheme deck, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's super gross. Adam has been absolutely itching since we started this podcast to talk about his Tasker deck, so <laughs> I'm going to let him be unbridled, and we're going to go through his deck first. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Just what's your game plan? Um, yeah. So, as I have talked many a time, I'm a control player. Uh, this is actually my competitive, <laughs> my competitive uh, Dale list. is scowling as he says he's a control player. <laughs> um, this is actually a competitive tier commander. Um, so, the basic uh, gist of the deck is I'm going to try to essentially just survive through whatever you throw at me or whatever the table's throwing uh, down, counter what needs to be stopped, and uh, stop what needs to be stopped, and I'm going to go and cast Tassiger, and eventually I'm going to start feeding my graveyard, and um, it's pretty robust, so I'm going to... It is robust. Yeah, so let me read Even just Tasker not does. in an Arch Enemy game, I've played... You know, I, he plays Tassiger a lot now. Yeah. He used to have a couple CDH decks. Like, he's had Food Chain Tazari in the past. He's had Teferi uh, Chain Veil in the past. Um, I think you only have Tassiger now, right? Mm -hmm. and he feels like it's, you know, it's good enough for him. It's all he needs. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I more or less agree. It's a great deck. 
for a but lot yeah, of time. Yeah, go ahead. Tell us a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, so Tastiger is a six drop, uh, five and a black. He has the delve mechanic, so you can uh, remove cards from your graveyard in order to pay for the colorless part of his casting cost. Um, and then for two and a green or a blue, a green or a blue, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Then return an online card from an opponent's, of an opponent's choice to, from your graveyard to your hand. And he's a 4-5. So you kind of have to play a little politicky um, sitting down at the table and whatnot. You kind of have to um, scheme ahead and kind of try to figure out what your opponent's going to give you because they're going to try to give you the worst card unless yes. you're able to kind of coerce them into being like, if you give me this back, I can deal with that problem for both yeah. of us, or I can deal with that problem for you if you give me a favor later, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Nine um, times out of ten, I'm giving you the shittiest card in yep. the graveyard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially like, in Arch Enemy. That's a ten yeah. out of ten times. Yeah, a hundred percent. But the beautiful thing about Tasker is he can make you give him what he wants you to give him. And that's kind of a part of the way he wins. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, nine times out of ten, if he's got like a, you know, something like a ponder, like, or versus like a board wipe and a counter spell, it's like, I'll give you the ponder. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, sometimes you got to pick the lesser of some evils, but um, I think I've gotten pretty good at giving you, yeah. like, yeah. not the best thing in the graveyard until it's that time where I can't, I don't get a choice anymore. So tell us about that. Um,. About the no choice anymore. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into let's get into how this deck operates. So the game plan of the deck is to, like I said, control board until you're able to either get uh, incubation druid together or icecron scepter dramatic reversal together. So the icecron scepter dramatic reversal uh, reads as icecron imprint for. Uh, whenever it enters the battlefield, you exile instant card from your uh, hand with two converted mana cost or less. Then you're going to tap for two. You're going to copy the exile card. If you do, you may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. So in order to make a combo out of this, you're going to have to set up uh, a bunch of different mana rocks. You're going to need two and be able to net either a blue or a green. And then uh, once the Isochron comes in, you imprint dramatic growth reversal onto it which is for a colorless and a blue instant speed untap all non-land permanents you control so a gilded lotus with something like this is actually perfect because yep. it gets you three mana which nets you the one and then you can choose which color you want each time yep yeah so you're eventually going to create your infinite mana with that and then you're going to dump it into tasker and i will go back to explain that after i explain the incubation druid combo so Incubation Druid is a uh, green and a colorless for a 0-2 uh, creature that you tap, add one mana of any type that a land would produce, uh, a land you control would produce. If Incubation Druid has a plus one, plus one counter on it, add three mana of any type instead. And adapt for three colorless and two green. Uh, adapt three. So uh, once it's adapted or once it has a counter on it, you're going to want to play Freed from the Real attaching it to it so free from the real is two colors and a blue it's enchantment uh that enchants creature and for a blue tap target creature for a blue untap target creature so once uh your incubation druid is has the counters on it you're going to tap it for uh three blue and then with the blue one of those blue you're going to untap it and then keep going through that loop to eventually have infinite blue mana 
Uh, you can eventually, once you have enough blue mana, you can switch it off to if you want to make black mana or green mana and mm -hmm. do the same loop. Yep. Uh, so once you're able to have your uh, infinite mana ready to go, you're going to start dumping it into Tassiger uh, with his ability. And yes, you will pick what, what I get back, but eventually you're going to have no choices to where I'm just going to have uh, all non-land cards from my library in my hand. Mm -hmm. uh, whether I've cast them previously in the game or they came out from my library. Yeah, exactly. My yeah. Hand. yeah, like the, the point of this is like, you know, the last card you might want to give him is like Aetherflux Reservoir or something like that, for example. Because, mm -hmm. um, so, but yes, you're going to mill cards in there and you're going to put them in there, but he's going to be able to infinitely make you give him the cards. So, at the end of the day, you will be giving him that Aetherflux Reservoir. You might have to give him his entire deck first, but he's going to get it. Yes. If there's no responses. If they, and at this point, in, the, in your combo, if I, if I remember correctly, like, there's no stopping you normally at this point. Like, there's no. a, it's already, like, priorities already passed. Like, yeah. nobody's had responses. So unless somebody's got, like, a really sneaky trick up their sleeve, like, you're, you're basically winning the game once it gets to this point. Yeah. So if someone were to be able to respond... What would they be able to respond to, and when would they respond to it to try to stop you from basically going off and winning? So, in order, like, the best time to do it is to uh, counter Ice Cron Scepter on a stack, um, just getting rid of that yep. entirely. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Or you could, or uh, Freed from the Real while it's on a stack. Um, the inc Incubation Druid, you could take a whack at it and counter it. It's not going to do me any harm if you take it, to be 100% honest. But because it's because it by a itself is just a mana dork. Yeah. yeah, it's the freed from the real that that you know gets the combo going. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, my advice I would just kind of hold the counter spells for the freed from the real. But uh, if you don't, if you happen to be sneaky and whatnot, uh, which um, we've come up in some of our games, um, you let the ice crown scepter roll down and get the dramatic reversal imprinted onto it and then once i go to activate dramatic reversal either bounce it destroy it uh exile it yeah, yeah exile what have it. you because then he loses the dramatic reversal because mm -hmm. when you imprint something it's exiled so once the if the isochron gets bounced back to his hand he loses that if it gets blown up he loses it etc um Keeping Tassiger off the board is also another yep. option. It's a little bit more difficult, though. I'm not going to lie. That's not really something that we try and do in our meta is, like, you know, pin down commanders super hard to yeah. try and get them to not do their thing. It's more about let's just focus on the actual combo pieces themselves. Yeah. I mean, a simple Pithing Needle will take care of Tassiger, won't it? Yep. Yeah. You yep. know what I mean? Pithing so, Needle, uh, Sorcerer's Spyglass. Yep. Um, Curse totem, those kind of yeah, things. things I'll like take that. it down. Have yeah. you ever gotten taken out by a uh, instant speed red spell, burn spell, deal damage to a target player equal to the number of cards in their hand after you have a full, fully loaded actually. hand? No, no yeah. not something that would we do don't. it. That would definitely do it. Honestly, red gets looked over a lot in, in uh, CDH. So um, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, that's kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be meta, a super yeah. meta. That would be specific yeah. card to run. Yeah. That'd be good, though. Off-meta stuff like that, more often than not, is the bane of competitive EDH decks. I if agree. you come in there with something that nobody's expecting, as long as it's like reasonably fine-tuned and, and put together well and you're a good pilot, like you can shut it down. Like oh, You yeah. can shut CEDH decks down, no problem, because they're, they're not built to deal with that kind of stuff. You know what nope. I mean? Um, so, 
But overall, like you said, this deck is very resilient. I mean, he's got counters out the ass. He's got removals out the ass. It's crazy. Like, Yeah, um, I mean, when you play CDH, you run the best stuff. Yeah. Like, I have my Grim Monolith in here. I have my Mox Dive and my Imperial Seal, all that, all that yep. fun Force stuff Force of Will, here. Mana Drain, Fluster Storm, all that jazz. Um, the way to win with the deck, though... Oh, yeah, we is, almost forgot uh, that part. <laughs> Infinite mana is great, everybody, but unless you're doing something with it, you can kick rocks. <laughs> so you can, if you get the incubation freed from the real combo online, you can eventually, you'll eventually get into uh, Ice Ground Dramatic. You can kind of go into that and then uh, play your Aetherflux Reservoir after you've got a million things on the storm count. And then yeah, just that's, that works better with Isochron for sure, because mm -hmm. you actually are casting that copy. Yep. So once you get Aetherflux in your hand, you cast it once, you can cast that dramatic Infinite, one time, yeah. and you're going to probably gain like 100 life because you've activated it 100 times at that point, and then yeah, you could just dome, dome the table, yep. potentially. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Aetherflux Reservoir is a four uh, colorless artifact. Um, it, Whenever you cast a spell, you get... Uh, you Plus, gain a life. Yeah, you gain a life for, for each that spell much. you've yeah. cast that yeah. turn. Yeah. So it's like a personal storm in a way. So yeah. it's yeah, for each spell you've cast this turn, you gain a life. And then what? And is then it? Pay, for 50, pay fifty life. 50. Yep, pay fifty mm -hmm. life, deal fifty life. So you yeah. just get infinite mana, infinite dramatic reversals, gain infinite life, infinite. Yeah, down infinite everybody. damage. Yeah, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah, that's a that's a nice easy way to do it. But yeah. the way you like to do it. Which is uh, actually pretty cool. It's um, referred to, as, I, I believe, referred to as the banana ball Tassiger like combo yep. by the Lab Maniacs, um, who are like some of the competitive EDH progenitors and things like that. So they've pioneered a lot of they a lot of the fur. decks that we like to play. Yeah. So yeah, uh, tell us about uh, the banana ball stuff. <laughs> so once you create your infinite mana if you don't want to take the easy route and do the ice, or the ice cron scepter and the uh, aetherflux reservoir uh you can do the harder way of doing it which is beast within and reality shift so beast within is a three drop two colorless and a green at instant speed destroy target permanent its controller puts a three three green beast creature token onto the battlefield and then reality shift is uh for two a colorless and a blue instant uh exile creature target creature its controller manifests the top card of his her library so the combo starts out with as i said as i keep saying you have infinite mana you're gonna cast uh beast within blow up a permanent they're gonna get a three three beast you're gonna continue that loop because after you get the uh after you cast beast within you're gonna activate tasker get back to beast within because yep, there's nothing the left only, in, yep, the, in your the graveyard only card in your or your graveyard, library so yep. that's what you're gonna get yep uh, and just you're gonna keep looping and blowing up everything on every on their board after lands that, included. Yep. <laughs> after that goes down, then you're gonna start doing reality shift loops with the same thing with uh, casting it. It'll go to the graveyard. You'll target it with Tasker, uh, or you'll activate Tasker. It's the only card you'll get it back. And then uh, since they're manifesting their library, you're gonna just keep targeting their manifest token, and you're gonna exile their library in the process. Then you're gonna pass turn. The, uh, your person to your left dies, and the whole table dies until it gets back to you, and then you're the last yep. one standing. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. That's 
like cool you don't see that every day like, yeah yeah it's very interesting it's very interesting like it's <laughs> i was telling adam earlier uh when we were at my house before we came over here it's it's a very like poor salt in the wound combo oh i'm gonna blow up your entire board and then i'm gonna mill you <laughs> like, yeah. it's like i'm gonna yeah. mill you into exile yeah too. exactly like, yeah <laughs> like there's just no coming back from it it is a super cool deck i, I think it's very sweet up until recently Control decks really weren't considered super viable in CDH. And then Cameron from the Lab Maniacs, who was brewing his Tasker deck for like the longest time, pioneered this combo and it completely changed the game. Now Control is totally something that yeah. you can do. Um, that's when I play Urza against Tassiger, I mean, our decks go, our, our games go for like two plus hours, man. Like a lot, a lot of people here, competitive EDH. And the, in, the first thing they think of is the turn two, turn three wins and stuff like that. And that, that is a thing. Don't get me wrong. But when you've got a hard control deck like Tassiger and a reasonably hard control deck like my Urza, and then, you know, maybe our friend Richard is playing his Timna and Thrasios deck that's got a lot of responses, it, it makes for some long games. You know what Honestly, I mean? Honestly, the only person in our play group that plays fast really is JB. JB yeah. fast to play yep. fast. Yeah, that Narset. Yep. Mm -hmm. I do have fast decks. Prosh is fast. Yeah, Prosh is fast. Yeah, Prosh is fast. Prosh does go yeah, off He's fast. like my one like really quick, really fast deck. Yeah, I actually got my inspiration uh, from Tassiger from Cameron. I wanted to play a Soul Tide deck, and uh, I saw Cameron's list, and I was like, ooh, I have most of these cards. Um, I'm not going to go word for word, because obviously uh, a big thing that I say is that there are different cards and different metas. So. Of course, yeah. You have to tune your deck to your meta. Yeah. I mean, there's there's going to be primers. And for those of you who don't know, a primer is just sort of like a jumping off point, like a very baseline. Like, this is what you can start with, and then from there you want to tune to your meta. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you require a couple, a little bit more removal than might typically be called for in some other metas or something yep. like that. You know what I mean? So you, you always tune to the people you play with, for sure. I look at primers as basically like your stock version of a car. So here's yeah. your base Civic model, but you can get all the bells and whistle on it if you upgrade to the for little sure. bit more that's expensive a good way. Yeah. version. So yeah, I that's agree. a good way to put it. And like I have, I'm sure if he would if he would ever look at my deck, I have cards in there that he would be like, why are you running yeah, this? Yeah, he might and question then, it, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. I would do, and I do the same with some of the cards that he has on his list. Yeah, it's all meta choices, all Agreed. meta choices, yeah. for sure. Well, for since sure. we talked about your the deck you got what about the scheme deck that you put together for this event so this is the uh, deck i'm going to be running for the arch enemy tournament um this is a deck that i've been play testing with arch enemy for a while now and it has it's it's done me really well it's it, the the deck runs really well um so i've kind of catered it to more of that control package it's uh so a lot of the stuff i have in my um scheme deck is draw cards um i have stuff in here that will uh um thought seize your hand and take cards from your hands and then i have uh cards in here that'll make you mill until you hit uh, a creature and i can take <laughs> one of those creatures from uh, what you revealed and whatnot which actually came up the other night that me and you were play testing uh dale and uh, i was play testing actually with four people and uh I hit a Nezanol, and that yeah, that was it. Me, yeah, that yeah. did me really right. And then I, and two turns later, I hit another uh, dance. consecrated sphinx. <laughs> yeah, I hit a, a consecrated sphinx, and yeah, yeah, it wow. was it was that pretty good. Brutal. 
that's that's one of the things that we'd like to point out here. Like we were saying earlier, the scheme decks in EDH are just absolutely broken. They really are. Like mm-hmm. when you can like get free stuff like that and just yeah, it's yeah. gross. I mean, like like he said, he played against four people. This is a four v one he played in and won. The schemes are busted. <laughs> like you know, my favorite one of them all is all in good time. When you set this scheme in motion, take an extra turn after yep. this one. You can't set schemes in motion during that extra turn, but who cares? You know yeah. what I mean? That's a free extra turn. You don't have to run, you know, Nexus of Fate in your 99. You can just have two all-in-good-times in your scheme deck and smack two free extra turns. It's super I good. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big fan of that one. Like, you're playing... Uh, three sometimes four players so you're gonna need the extra turn in order to kind of get on the same yeah for sure for sure like if you can smack a turn one all in good time like that's just bonkers because mm-hmm. oh one thing i did forget to mention earlier the arch enemy goes first so yeah if you're smacking a turn one all in good time you've already taken two turns before the rest of the table even gets to take their first turn yeah like that's and really for good. some combo decks you might win before they even get to play you know what I mean? Like yeah, I know there definitely. are turn there are turn two decks out there. We have had this is this will be our second Arch Enemy tournament here at the Comics Vault. The first one we had, I know for a fact, the one guy who was playing Tazri smacked an extra turn spell turn one and turn and and then during his extra turn he won turn yeah. two like quote unquote turn two for him with his food chain Tazri deck. Yeah, turn that. zero right. for exactly. For the it's essentially else, turn yeah. zero. Yeah, it's 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 super gross. That's like definitely my favorite scheme from the. My favorite um, scheme that I run in my deck is uh, Plot to Span Sentries, which is actually a promo that didn't get printed in any of the Arch Enemy sets. Um, When the scheme is set in motion, the next time you set a scheme in motion, set three in motion instead. Yeah, that one is good. So, like, uh, with most of the stuff in here being draw, I'm most likely going to draw a shit ton of cards. Um, mm-hmm. I may smack into an extra time spell. Um, I may smack into a uh, um, uh, look at your hand. I'll take. I'll pick something from it. I'll uh, and I get to cast it for free. Yep, that's my second favorite one. Yeah, it's called My Wish Is Your Command. So when you set this scheme in motion, each opponent reveals their hand. I may choose a non-creature, non-land card revealed this way and cast it without paying its mana cost. It's disgustingly broken. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna look at three players' hand, get three cards for free. Yeah, it's pretty good. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's another good one? Um, I run one. Behold my power destruction. Just in case. I was gonna run that one. I just wasn't able to get it in the mail in time. Yeah. I did whiff on it the other day, but I only, that's the only reason why I run one. I think as a player, I've played in the other Arch Enemy tournament too, and I think one of the hardest things about Arch Enemy. Honestly, is knowing what to keep in your opening hand because you know the arch enemy is gonna get to see your hand. Like you know they're mm-hmm. running thought seize schemes, they're running stuff yep. that's gonna let them take your hand. So you don't necessarily want like the craziest, greatest hand because what happens if oh let me see all your guys' hands? Oh, let me take all these pieces exactly. and now you're all shut down and yep. he's just bolstered up and yeah. One thing I would like to point out about the schemes is that uh, they can be stopped. Uh, Cards like Stifle, Disallow, Void Slime, Trick Bind, um, stuff that counters activated and triggered abilities will shut the schemes off. So if you are fortunate enough to have one of those cards in your hand, basically whenever the scheme goes into motion, 
you're just going to stifle it or something like that. And then that does stop the arch enemy for a turn. Um, so, I mean, there is options, but at that point, you basically have to tailor your deck, you know yeah. what I mean? So it does make it a little rough. It's not like you can come in playing just anything. You, you sort of do have to build, like, a something to combat that sort of stuff. That's kind of what I hear is going on. Is like, I hear people whispering, like, oh, we should run this allows and yeah. stuff like that. Yep. Hey, I ain't scared. Bring it on. Yeah. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I, I run Infect when I'm playing Arch Enemy. I just yeah. run Infect. It's a good idea, yeah. You got to get it's in still quick. Still 10 Infect. You got to so, yeah. get quick in there, get them with the Infect, and like yep, just for sure. hope for the win. The more people on my team that run Infect, the better yeah. chance oh, we yeah. have to win. That's a good point. Yeah. That's how I won one of my matches last time was just got him up to the infect damage and then he had to stop my stuff which gave my other teammate the opening to just hit him for lethal nice oh so. well, yeah man that's the key too i mean you are three players like if you don't work together you're just being foolish yeah, yeah. You, gotta, you gotta work together like <laughs> you gotta scheme a little bit you gotta yeah, for sure get outsmart the arch enemy yeah. um I know one card I tailored for this deck specifically is uh, the pieces are coming together, which is this, when I set the scheme motion, I draw two cards and artifact uh, spells cost two less to cast. So I don't run a lot of, uh, I think Aetherflux Reservoir is the only one that I have that's over two. So most of my stuff is going to come in and it's going to be for free. So I'm going to try. Yeah, that's I, tight. I think one time, I know, I'm sure one time I played... Uh, this and my ice cron scepter was free so that's oh yeah ball that's awesome ball from yep, there. that's like, awesome i i think turn two it was either turn two or turn three and then won the game from there because i just could spit ball or spit out artifacts and was able to generate enough mana yeah for sure for sure but um unless you guys have any more questions about tasker i'm gonna we're gonna move on to our other arch enemy that's sitting here dale you actually had a good question earlier about our scheme decks do you remember that oh yeah just basically like what made you uh decide like how to build your deck did you base your deck build off of the scheme deck you were going to build or did you build the scheme deck based on the deck you wanted to run and like basically why did you choose the cards for your scheme deck that you chose? Like, what was your total strategy going to be? Great question, Dale. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of all of that. I will say I did not change my actual, like, commander deck at all for this tournament. I'm going to run my fastest, most resilient combo deck that I have. Um, it's going to be my Timna and Thrasios Shuffle Hulk deck. Um, now, however... The scheme deck was built with a specific goal in mind. So when Adam and I were looking through, like, you know, there's 50-plus schemes or something like that out there. I mean, there's a lot. I might That might be a, a shade high of a figure, but there's a lot. So whittling it down to a 20-card deck, no more than two of a scheme, um, can be a little tough. So the biggest thing for me was... At any point in the game, if I flip this scheme, am I going to whiff? So, for example, there is a scheme that, um, you know, it's when you set this scheme in motion, each player sacks a creature, and then I think if they can't, they discard a card or something like that. But the point is, if I smack that turn one, I, like I said, Arch Enemy goes first. If I smack that turn one, that's a whiff. That's a waste of a scheme. Nobody's got anything on board. So you're not sacking any creatures, and then boom, yeah, well, I just wasted one. You know what I mean? So True. for me, 
making sure that every scheme I'm going to smack into is something that's going to be value for me at any point in the game was the biggest thing that I looked for. So board wipes. No board wipe schemes in my deck. Just not worth it. You know what I mean? You smack that turn one, you wasted one. I just, I don't like it. True. So for me, um, like Adam, it was more about the draw, the advantage, the extra turns, the playing things for free, the thought seasons. It's, it's very controlly. Um, one of the cards that's in my scheme deck that actually is specifically for my deck um, is called Introductions in Order. It's when you set this scheme in motion, choose one. Search your library for a creature card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle, or you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. So, in a perfect world, I'd like to have Flash in my opening hand. Well, in a perfect world, I'd like to have Flash and Protean Hulk in my opening hand, but... <laughs> Let's just go ahead and live in uh, the actual real world here and say that I have Flash in my opening hand, okay? If I smack introductions are in order, turn one, I can tutor for Hulk, put it in my hand, and potentially turn one Flash Hulk and win the game. Even if I don't get to do it that turn, I can at least do it turn two. You know what I mean? And then there you go. That's a turn two win. So that is like one of the only schemes in my scheme deck that is specifically tailored to the deck that I chose to run for the Arch Enemy Tournament, and I do run a two-of of that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I feel like you feel the same way, right? What's that? About, like, just, you know, the whole why we chose the schemes and things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, besides, like, a couple that I uh, talked about specifically, those are the only ones that I really tailor-made to the deck. Uh, since I said this is my competitive deck list, I don't, I didn't change anything to it either. I just kind of built the scheme deck to the to the deck itself. Yeah, I don't honestly think JB changed his EDH deck that he's running either all that much. I mean, he he tucked his fetches in there yeah, and stuff like that to make it a little yeah. more optimized. But as far as like what the deck wants to do, it's not really any different. No. You know no, what I mean? It's so. the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, so like I said, I will be playing my Timna and Thrasios Shuffle Hulk deck. So um, for those who don't know, Timna and Thrasios are partner commanders. Uh, Timna is for one black, and one black, one white, and one. She's a 2-2 with lifelink, and at the beginning of your post-combat main phase, you may pay X life, where X is the number of opponents that were dealt combat damage this turn. If you do, you draw X cards. So she's drawing the command zone, which is great. Um, and she doesn't have to be the one that swings. It's just, you know, if I deal combat damage, if I deal combat damage to three players, I can pay three life, draw three cards. If I deal it to two, pay two life, draw two cards, etc. Uh, Thrasios is for a blue and a green. He's a one, three. Um, and then his ability is for four, scry one. Um, you may reveal the card. And if it's a land, put it onto the battlefield tapped. Otherwise, put it in your hand. Um, so he's also got a little bit of a pseudo draw and like a deck filtering sort of thing. Um, there's lots of good stuff you can do with him as if you have infinite mana. But that's not really what I'm trying to do with the deck. So, yeah, let's get into what I'm trying to do, I guess. So like I said before, this is a um, Shuffle Hulk deck, meaning that this has a Flash Hulk package in it. So we'll go through that. Um, Flash is a two-drop instant for one and a blue. You may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. If you do, sacrifice it unless you pay its mana cost reduced up to two, by up to two. That partnered with the card Protean Hulk, 
which is a two green and five six six. Um, when Protean Hulk is put into a graveyard from play, search your library for any number of creature cards with total converted mana cost six or less and put them into play and shuffle. Okay? So we want this thing to die. I want this thing to die. So I am not going to pay the two for flash, and I'm going to flash in Protean Hulk and sack him immediately. So he dies, I get his death trigger. Then I want to go into my library and search for a few cards. Okay? So we're searching for Cephalid Illusionist. Nomads Encore, Blood Artist, and either Viscera Seer or Carrion Feeder. Now, everything has a part to play here. So, Cephalid Illusionist is one blue and one. Whenever Cephalid Illusionist becomes the target of a spell or ability, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. That is the only line of text on this card that is relevant for this combo, so that's all I'm going to talk about. Nomads Encore is for one white. Zero. Redirect one damage from nomads to a target creature you control. So those two can let me mill my deck. Um, blood Artist is Blood Artist, for those of you who don't know. Uh, one drop, or two drop, one in a black. Whenever Blood Artist or another creature dies, target player loses a life and you gain a life. And then Viscera Seer and Carrion Feeder are just two different forms of a sack outlet. So they both have sack a creature abilities. Viscera Seer lets you sack a creature and scry one. Carrion Feeder lets you sack a creature and put a 1-1 counter on Carrion Feeder. Uh, we don't really care about that. We just care about the sacrificing part. So let's go back to the Cephalid and Nomads Encore. This is known as the, um, the breakfast um, package, I guess. These two cards anyway. Um, so basically, I'm going to use Nomads Encore's zero-costing ability to just simply target my Cephalid Illusionist and mill three cards. In the process, I am either hopefully going to mill until I hit Narc Amoeba or one of my shuffle effects in the form of Kozilek Butcher of Truth and Gaia's Blessing. You could, in theory, run Ulamog as well, um, but frankly, I think one 10 drop in your deck is enough, so I like Gaia's Blessing a little bit better. Um, Gaia's Blessing is for one and a green. Target player shuffles up to three cards from his or her graveyard into her, his or her library. Not relevant draw a card also not relevant and then the last one is the when it is put into your graveyard from your library you get to shuffle your, your graveyard back into your library so the way this works is i'm going to mill until i hit narcomoeba narcomoeba is for one and a blue flying and when it's put into your graveyard from your library you can put it onto the battlefield so once it comes onto the battlefield i'm going to sacrifice it to viscera seer and deal a point to somebody and gain a life it then goes back into my graveyard. I will continue to mill until I hit one of my shuffle effects, either Kozilek or Gaia's Blessing, shuffle my graveyard back in, and rinse and repeat. And this will effectively drain the players at the table. Okay. Um, the reason why I run... I like, I like decks that are resilient to things like Praetor's Grasps and um, Extracts and things yeah. like that. So I run two sack outlets, just in case somebody decides they want to steal my, you know, Viscerous here. There's not really any other cards in this package that you can run two of. I'm sure there's another card, like like Zulaport. Zulaport would work in place yeah. of Blood Artist. Yeah, you you know, Zulaport Cutthroat. Um, I do run the two shuffle effects again for the same reason. If somebody wants to exile Kozilek, I at least still have Guy's Blessing in there. Um, but yeah, that's the game plan. I'm essentially going to mill myself, get my Narcomoeba back out, Sack him, ping you, mill more until I hit Kozlek, and like I said, just rinse and repeat. 
Um, it can be done at instant speed, which yeah. is pretty sweet. Um, none of this requires me to cast anything other than flash. So this can be done at an end step. Um, this can be done on top of a counterspell war between two other players. That's actually my favorite time to do it, is when two other players are battling it out, you know, for the win. Like maybe Adam's about to try and win with Tassiger, and Dale's over here just countering the hell out of his stuff, and they've, you know, they've wasted all their good counters and stuff like that. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, when a priority passes to me this time, I'm going to cast Flash, and game over. You know what I mean? So that's pretty sweet. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a deck I've been working on for a while. It's I wanted to do something different than a couple of the other people in the area. They have the Breakfast Hulk package, which is very similar. Um, the Breakfast Hulk package is Cephalid Illusionist, Nomads and Core, um, Grand Abolisher, and uh, there's one other card that I'm forgetting. Is it Hermandruid? No, not Hermandruid. Either way, but the Grand Abolisher in that package makes that a very resilient package. For those of you who don't know, Grand Abolisher is for two white. Um, your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. So if Grand Abolisher hits board, like that's it. There's no more interacting. So you either counter flash or you lose, like yeah. straight up. Like that's that's what happens here. So um, Dale, you asked a good question earlier about what is something like, what can you do to stop this? Yeah. Um, if I was going to give advice, again, counter flash. Even though I'm not running Grand Abolisher, countering flash is still one of the best ways to do it. Trying to steal Protean Hulk from me is a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, with either Extract or Praetor's Grasp or something like that. Or taking one of my Millers. Like, if you take Nomads or Cephalid, I mean, the combo falls apart. Like, the deck is, you know, now full of dead cards and things like that. Like, I've got a 10-drop Kozilek in here that's doing nothing for me. You know so, what I mean? So there, there are cruxes. Do you have another outlet of the Blood Artist? Not currently. I could probably stand to maybe put Zulaport in there or something like that, but at the same time, I don't want to really bog the deck down all that much. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah, I don't think I, mean, I do honestly, have another outlet in there. I don't think I have another damage dealer. I don't. Unless you would have somebody in there knowing what to look for in a combo exactly. like going through and extracting I, this shouldn't be that big of a problem yeah exactly now in our meta you know yeah. like we know we know each other's decks yeah. I mean, we, Adam and I hundreds of reps thousands of reps maybe even you know what I mean like <clears throat> we know each other's decks very well I now mean, somebody maybe like had I not explained this to Dale he might not have known what to look for were he Praetors grasping me or extracting me or something like that and Maybe he accidentally takes the wrong card. I will say, Flash is not the card to take. Because I can just hard cast Viscera Seer or Carrion Feeder, hard cast Protean Hulk, sack it, the combo still goes off. Mm -hmm. Like, Flash is definitely not the card to even worry about. You want to take the Hulk, or you want to take one of the other pieces out of the package. I agree. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely say that I've been playing EDH for going on three years now, and mostly competitive or upper tier casual going into competitive and i have definitely lost a lot of games to breakfast hulk like especially in tournaments like you see that deck popping up a lot so anytime you go to a tournament and you're playing competitively i feel like for the most part people are going to know when they sit across from the arch enemy what deck they got and they're gonna know what they need to do to win 
But that doesn't matter whether you know what you need to do to win, because especially in Arch Enemy, you might not get that first turn. Exactly. Like, so, yeah. like you might have the cards you need to win, but you just you can't do it because you don't even have a land to play yet. And even if you do get to your turn one, you might not have the cards you need in to deal with what you need. You know, you know, you need to deal with. So it's I mean that's yeah. where it comes up to just the luck of the draw, mulliganing properly, like so many factors. Yeah, so I 100% agree. That's something I will say is that in practice, I will take a subpar hand because nine times out of ten, the first uh, scheme I'm going to get is a draw. And I have been able to do that and then just roll with it since. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you can take like a, a mediocre hand. You don't want to take a shit hand, but no. you can take a mediocre hand. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe like one counter spell, a little bit of ramp, and that's it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or, like, a four-land hand, which is not actually something I really like to take in a competitive game. Um, I like a three three or less. Three, or three to two land hand. You know what I mean? Something like that. But, yeah, two the draw spells levels. really get into it. Um, what's the one that draws you four? I think it's... Uh, My Diabolical Vision. Or your puny minds cannot uh, fathom. Yeah, so it's when you, when you set off. this scheme in motion, draw four cards, you have no maximum hand size until end of turn. Yeah. Or until your next turn. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, it's just super gross. You're going to draw those four cards and you get to keep them. There's also power without equal. When you set this scheme in motion, draw three cards. You have no max hand size until your next turn. And if you control six or more lands, you may cast up to three non-land cards from your hand without paying for them. So that one's a little bit more of a later game scheme. Yeah. But, I mean, still, if you smack that turn one, you're still going to get to draw three cards and have no max hand size till the yep. end of your next turn. So... Either way, it's not bad, but uh, the draw schemes definitely add a lot of uh, resilience, and yeah, they allow you to take a little bit less of a pa- less powerful hand and still be able to win the game. Well, draw draw wins you games. Period. Yeah. Game. Period. Like, Card advantage is, is the yeah for but sure. But to go back to your statement about uh, Flash Hulk and whatnot, Dale. Um, yeah, that that deck is or not that deck, but that combo is just something that is. Ever since the Protean Hulk unbanding has just come back into the woodwork and whatnot, and it's rough because it, you can literally be in some competitive formats. Like you can turn one Flash Hulk and mm-hmm. win, and yep. that you you don't even have a chance to respond. It's as simple as you know, turn one Island uh, Lotus Petal Flash Hulk, yep. like you know what I mean, or. Turn zero, gem, what's that one, Gemstone Cavern or whatever, yep, yep. the land that comes out, and then play a land for turn, hopefully an island or a command tower or something like that, maybe a shock. Mm-hmm. Even a fetch, man, you can grab blue. Like, yeah. it, it can be done. It yep. definitely can be done. So I know after they unbanned it, the first two tournaments I played in after it got unbanned, the, the winners of the tournaments, that's what they won with, was yep. Breakfast Hulk, Flash Hulk combo. Yep. yep. Um, one of the combos I can run in Tasker is Flash Hulk, but honestly, I I, I, I don't like it. I'm like, yeah, I, I actually talked to you into putting that. You asked me yeah. about it recently, like, hey, do you think I should do this? My thought process was sometimes your games go a little long, mm-hmm. and because of the tournament constraints, you only have an hour per round and things like that. Like, maybe having a way to finish out the game a little quicker might not be bad. Um, but yeah, I think you found that it was just a little too clunky. It was clunky, yeah, because like if you would go to stop it or if I would put all my eggs in one basket and try to go off like that, uh, I would, and I get stops, stopped, I would end up getting pieces that were just dead to me. 
Yep. And yeah, because you have to run Micaeus for the Saltai mm -hmm. package, and like having a three black and three thing in a three-color deck in competitive game I is am. not great. That's a lot of mana-intensive black... That's a mana-intensive black card that you, you know, you're not necessarily yep. trying to cast hard cast, you know what I mean? Yeah, you got to spend a lot of resources for that. For sure, for sure. There actually was a really cool story from one of mine and Adam's games recently. I think it was like the first or second game that you were trying out. First. Was it the first game? Yeah. Yeah, first game he tried out the Flash Hulk package. It's funny, I told him to put it in there and then I dashed his hopes. Uh, <laughs> not, even, not even on purpose either. So what ended up happening was um, I had a trick bind in my hand. So for those who don't know, trick bind is for one and a blue counter target uh, activated or triggered ability, split second. So split second is a, the absolute best mechanic in EDH in my opinion like next to like dredge and stuff like that like it's just split second is great so split second for those of you who don't know is whenever this spell is on the stack nothing else can be added to the stack it affects it effectively shuts people down from putting more counters onto the stack from doing anything really mm -hmm. while trickbind is on the stack once trickbind resolves if you have something you can do then you could do it but I mean at that point normally it's too late so what happened was, yeah, he, he pretty early, like turn three or four, went to Flash Hulk me. And he's like, okay, cast Flash. I'm like, yep, continue. Okay, I'll uh, put Protean Hulk out. Uh, okay, continue. And he's like looking at me funny, like, mm, what are you about to do? And then as soon as the Hulk trigger went on the stack, I, I trick binded the death trigger of the Hulk. And then, yeah, I, I later won the game. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it, it was pretty funny. I, I enjoyed it. It's like heard the shattering of my yeah, heart. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But, um, yeah, that about wraps things up for tonight. So Yeah, um, thanks for listening and hanging out with us guys for this last hour. Is there anything you guys want to plug before we uh, uh, yeah, sign you, off? You can find me at uh, mtg underscore survivalist on Instagram, and you can find the uh, Commander's Vault podcast on instagram as well uh you can either find it through my page or you can just type in commander's vault uh on the search bar there and yeah i'm always looking for new followers and trying to get you guys subbed up on there and uh we do giveaways so uh, we we got a giveaway in the works we're trying to work out all the details yeah, yeah for it, exactly so. we haven't done a giveaway since our first episode so i definitely think we're due i think yeah. it's, it's time to give you guys something else to look forward to um you also can find me at food chain edh uh, all lowercase on instagram as well um i partner in with dale on some of that kind of stuff i try to post about the podcast things like that and i just post general edh content so yeah and, and once again social media <laughs> yeah, yeah adam's not much of a social media guy but that's okay um oh uh jb yeah you can find jb at at cedh slave uh that is his tag on um on Instagram, I Makes love sense. it. By the way, GB, it's uh, I love looking at that every time I go to tag you in a comment for a giveaway. It's just it gives me a little chuckle. I really like it. And uh, yeah, one last time, we want to thank Neil at the Comics Vault. Um, we love everything you do for us, man. And uh, the prize support is always great for your events. Um, you give us, yeah, you give us a reason to play this game, man. It's awesome. We love it. We love Hell you. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, we're doing draft on Mondays. Um, 
I don't know if this will be out for the Archen before the Archenemy tournament. Let's hope not, because we just gave away the uh, we just gave away the store <laughs> talking about our deck. So let's hope Neil, please do not release this episode before Saturday. You can release it right after the Archenemy tournament if you want, but do not release this before Saturday, please. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I was gonna give all of our secrets. I know, right? right? Yeah, so yeah. That's cats okay. out of the That's bag. Okay. Bring it on. We ain't, we ain't scared. But uh, if so, uh, I hope that kind of encourages you guys to come out and uh, join us on an event. And uh, we'll kind of get back to you whenever we have another event in the works. Um, yeah, draft on Mondays. Uh, we're getting the Throne of Eldraine since that came out recently. And, um, yeah, Commander on Saturdays. And uh, One yeah. last thing I did want to say, to, uh, too, though. If any of you guys listening to this or gals are listening to this uh, and you're going to Command Fest in D.C., Definitely hit me up on uh, my Instagram account. Send me a DM and uh, let's try to organize some time to play because I'm pretty sure I'm going to make it out there. I think you're going to try to make yeah, it out yeah, there. The I'm going to try. Is, yeah. I am going to try. Yeah. So I mean, we're going to try to make it out there, and some of our other local friends here are, are already said they're going to make it out there too. So we'll be definitely playing some games there, and uh, definitely hope to see some of you guys out there yeah. meet in person. We'd like to. We'd like to make an episode while we're down there yeah. at the event. That would be pretty cool. It's not something we've really been able to do just yet. I mean, you know what I mean? So it'll be cool. Maybe a yeah, live that'll, episode that'll or something a, like that cool if we can episode. get that working. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we've been the Comics Vault. Thanks for listening. Have a good one, guys. Cheers.